Welcome everyone. This, believe it or not, is in fact, you'll never talk alone. <laughs> we are actually recording again. Um, obviously have not been able to find the time much over the past few weeks, but that's okay because it gives us a whole lot of really freaking good football to enjoy in the meantime. Liverpool just absolutely hitting all kinds of stride. Um, and then some. Most recently and notably with a 5-0 absolute dismantling of Manchester United that the entire sporting world took notice of, it feels like. So, lots to talk about. I'm your friend Joseph Craven. I'm joined by Alex Level, and we will have um, just so many praises to sing, which is always good. Like, we're in a... It's a, it's a good... It's a good time to be doing this right now because like there's not a huge amount of stress going around aside from maybe trying to figure out whether we can afford to keep Mohammed Salah. You know, <laughs> there might be that. Um, there's not like a, uh, a, a lot of, um, you know, drama of like, oh, well, our best overall player and top defender, you know, got drubbed by a, a rival keeper, you know, that it's not the stuff that we were dealing with all of last season. It feels good right now, doesn't it, Alex? Yeah, it's uh, it's strange. It's been a while since everything has gone well. Uh, I know yeah. it's, it's weird that it's a year rather than like 10 this time, but man, once you get used to things going really well, when it stops going really well, you get really mad and upset and everything sucks. And last year, as we've noted, sucked. Yeah. <laughs> last season sucked. It was amazing that we were able to do what we were able to do with, like, the limited everything that we had uh, all of last season and the, you know, the huge um, uh, amount of injuries and never being able to play anything similar to how we wanted to play. Um, it feels like an eternity ago, but it was bad, and we're kind of over it now and and flying high and uh staying relatively healthy um and actually having depth for the players that aren't staying healthy so yeah it's great it's great and uh i think we just need to go ahead and get into some of the the details of it um before you know i run out of things to intro yeah (laughs) first of all i feel like at this point and i mentioned him already and we need to go ahead and chat about him right now get it out of the way i feel like there there are no more superlatives that describe what Mohamed Salah is doing right now. The man is putting together um, absolute world-class goals against world-class opposition. Like the goal that he scored against City, where he just like worked everyone around. I mean, that was one of the most impressive things I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Um, Not to mention following it up pretty much every match since then with... (laughs) A goal that just about comes close. And then the, just the performance against United where it just seemed like he wasn't even trying and got a hat trick, the first hat um, at Old Trafford in the Premier League by a, a visiting player. So that's just amazing. I've run out of ways to describe him at this point. Like, how how do you even talk about the run of form he's in? I know the, the debate is, well, is he the best player in the world right now? Like, I don't even feel like that's a debate worth, like, having because it's just impossible to describe this form he's in right now, right? It is insane. What do you even say about him? 
Uh, he's just unstoppable. He's unplayable. Uh, usually, like that that word doesn't really seem to make sense, but it's totally true. But I love it. No one can play against him. He's just yeah. too good. He's too on form. He's too confident. He's feeling it. I mean, he scored that amazing goal against City, and then he just did the same thing again against Watford. Like you, you don't just do that. Yep. Like it's it's yep. kind of on that level at this point where you look at someone like Lionel Messi, and like he just does stuff week in week out, and it kind of you kind of become used to it. We're still kind of doing that with Mo Salah. Like we understand the goals that he's scoring are unbelievable, and we're freaking out about him. Um, but even it's just like the simple stuff and the finishes that he does uh, that are so difficult, but he makes them look so simple. Like the 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 second goal that he scored against uh, United with the mm-hmm. the first time volley. Like that is incredibly yep. difficult to do in the position that he was in. He just made it look like the easiest thing in the world. And then you look at the third goal where it looks like his touch is too heavy, but no, he's fast enough and he did exactly what he wanted to do and dinked it over to yep. Aya. So, like, he's just so influential. He and everyone around him are so in sync. And he's just, I don't know, like, he, he's commanding such a presence, like, on our team and for rival defenses. Like, you could look at some of the calamitous defending that United did, and part of it is because they suck. Uh, and yeah. part of it is because they were so worried about where Salah was that they just forgot to mark anywhere else on the field. Like they, you can yeah. see Luke Shaw coming inside and running into Harry Maguire, uh, or just leaving that entire box open because he was following Salah. He was so focused on Salah coming inside that he was like, "I need to do. I, I would. It's more beneficial to me to leave this entire half of the field open and mark." this guy with someone else yep. than to let him come inside and be one-on-one with somebody and it didn't even work so he's just he's in everyone's head he's got what is it like 15 goals already like that's that's yeah. stupid that's stupid that's not that's not real that's fifa on easy mode is what yes. that is he's just right. he's having his way with the sport at this point and just give him the dang contract yeah it's uh, it, i mean the joke is always uh, that it's it's video game numbers, but like th- these are these are video game numbers. Yeah. Like they just like there's no other. Yeah, there uh, that might be the only superlative out there left to say is that this looks like somebody got onto a a video game, um, uh, probably one in which Muhammad Salah actually is rendered to look like himself <laughs> and not like some sort of zombie version of himself. Thank you, Konami, for whatever it is you're doing. Um, but it looks like somebody got on there and, and yeah, like you said, it just, it doesn't seem real. Um, it just can't, it, (laughs) it's so mind boggling. Um, yeah, there's, I think it's, it's pretty obvious and I think it's obvious to everyone in charge as well that like they have to figure out whatever they can to make, you know, whatever wage demands he has work. Um, because I don't, he doesn't strike me as the type of personality who would really want to go somewhere else. Um, if the money was right, you know, uh, he just kind of seems like after having bounced around so many different clubs, um, basically being labeled as a premier league bust when he was at Chelsea, um, and then like redeeming himself and then coming here and doing what he's doing now. Like, I think after all that, it, it kind of seems like he's the type of personality who just would probably want to stay where things are going well. <laughs> You know, um, so I'm hoping that that helps things out because the the 
um, as soon as whatever demands he's making are met, like he would want to stick around, hopefully. It's all wishful thinking, of course, but he kind of seems like he's having fun. Um, yeah, and, and there's I no guarantee of that elsewhere. And I don't view him saying in press interviews, like, I don't want to leave. I don't view that as him doing something like, oh, let me get the fans on my side to pressure the club into getting what I yeah. want. No, I view that as him genuinely wanting to stay. Like, I, I think above all else, you look at uh, not just his goals, but his reactions when someone else scores. He's yeah. just so happy when Liverpool succeeds. And yep. it's really rare that you see someone like that genuinely connected to the club. Um, that's not like from, from there or maybe not even someone who like necessarily grew up a Liverpool fan. Uh, yep. But like he's just so freaking thrilled every time we score a goal, every time we win. Um, and I know it's been pointed out a lot, but he really does play with a smile on his face all the time. And he's just, yeah, he's just loving life. He loves being on this team. Like this team is built around him succeeding. So of course he's yeah. not going to want to go anywhere else. Um, but he's also more than willing to get people into play as well. Like it, yeah. we think about the Henderson pass to Salah for his third goal, but he did that uh, like not too long ago to Mane. He did the exact same pass. Um, so he's he's willing to be provider. He's willing to be goal scorer. He just wants our team to win, and he wants to win more than anything with us. So I, yeah, just get him signed. Keep him here. He's clearly wants to stay. He's clearly a valuable asset. Like, and there's not much really else you can say that doesn't sound that doesn't fall short because he's just so dominant. Yeah, it's. I mean, you you look at like even just like his, his social media presence. At no point does he really strike you as somebody who's sitting there on you know on social media wanting attention. You know, like he's uh, he he'll post a. a shirtless photo pretty often, but I mean, if I looked like that, I would too, yeah. but like, you know, you don't see him rocking a huge amount of sponsorships in general. It's like a very select few, which I think is, is pretty similar in a lot of ways to how Lionel Messi's always been, you know, like he always kind of has seemed like personality wise. He didn't like the attention much. He seems like a more reserved personality. Um, and he just kind of exerts all of that, uh, tension on the pitch um, and so, you know, Mo kind of strikes you as the same type of, um, you know, personality in that regard. And I mean, look at Messi. He stuck around in, in Barcelona for a long time. Um, many of those last years in Barcelona where they were not, they weren't giving him, doing him any favors, you know. Yeah. Um, so he was, he was almost loyal to a fault <laughs> for a yeah. bit there. Um, so they strike me as like similar personalities that, but that of course is, we can say that from afar. We don't know them personally. Um, who knows? They, they could both be absolutely the worst human beings that anyone has ever met for all we really know, you know, (laughs) but just amazing. I don't like the, the unnecessary comparison debates of like the, who's the best player in the world right now. But I don't think there's any way to argue that he is playing the best football in the world right now. Yeah, Uh, I just don't see how you can argue that. You know, Um, I don't think that's like a a a dumb like clickbait debate. I think that just is he's straight up playing better than anyone, and it's insane to watch. We just got to soak in every moment. So we mentioned a little bit about uh, the the city goal that he was able to score. 
Um, obviously, earlier in the season was that matchup against Chelsea. As of right now, you know, obviously, it feels as though uh, the the three title contender teams are, you know, us and the those two. Um, it seems like, you know, there was that point early on um, where uh, I think we had talked about it, where it, you know, United was kind of in that conversation at the start of things, and the next thing you know, like, something goes wrong and everything goes wrong for them. Um, and it, and it kind of showed that they don't have the, the fortitude or the leadership to actually be in contention. Um, and so like, once again, you know, one of the best teams in, in London, West Ham now sneaks up there. <laughs> uh, Brighton still hanging on there, you know, Tottenham and, and United and are, are struggling and, and Leicester was kind of slow out the gate. I feel like, and they, not quite up. They, they they could easily end up in that one of those top five spots, but it seems pretty safe as of right now to say that the the race is looking like Chelsea, Liverpool, City. What do you think that the the results that we've had against them so far um, have taught us about the makeup of this Liverpool squad right now and how they can compete for a title? Because I feel like getting draws, yeah, you like to get a victory, but not giving them three points. Is, is big because if you keep winning elsewhere, you know, that, that makes up for it. But what do you think we've, we've kind of figured out about the team based on those results, those head-to-head matchups we've had now? Uh, we're good enough to compete with anyone for sure. That is clear based on the results. Uh, it's a bit unfortunate that those two draws were the home fixtures yeah. against those Agreed. two teams because um, they – it was one of those – just two of those matches really where the way they unfolded really could have gone our way and probably should have gone our way. Like we mm-hmm. had the upper hand, you'd probably say we're the better team in both matches overall. It just didn't end up going in our direction by the end of it. Like we played Chelsea really early in the season. Um, the match was helped in terms of goal scoring, but hindered in terms of our ability to like actually have open spaces by the red card. Yeah. So that kind of sucked, and we we were still not quite on it. Um, and that was like the one match where Mo didn't score everything that he touched. Right. Um, so that was just kind of a bit unlucky, a bit unfortunate for timing and like the way the ball fell. City match. The really the only difference is, I mean, besides Allison's performance, is that weird deflection off of Matip. Like that, we we were one foot length away from winning that match, and probably should have. Uh, it just was unfortunate, but I mean, they're a good team and they have beaten a lot of other good teams throughout the season. But, uh, I think Chelsea in particular are going to face a particularly tough stretch coming up with both Lukaku and Werner out. Like I know we joke that Werner can't score at all, but so much of what he does off the ball and even on the ball is just so influential in dragging defenses out. And he creates so much space for his teammates. And without those two, it's going to be interesting to see how they cope. I mean, they've got more than enough players to do so because they've spent a butt ton of money. But <laughs> right. It's, it's not near, always as simple as having a bunch of good players, as you can tell, by United. Um, and that will be it'll be a real test for them because there's a lot of difficult fixtures coming up. And, I mean, City, yeah, they're, they're good. It will probably come down to us playing them again. Like, that's what it'll be. It'll be when they play right. Chelsea. It'll be when they play us. Uh, and it'll be up to someone else to just throw a random result in like, like the Brentford match that we had where it's yeah. back and forth and it just doesn't end up 
finishing with uh, a win either side. Like that's what it's going to take for us. But really, yeah, I think it'll be those two teams as long as possible. But the biggest, toughest test for any of the three is right now for Chelsea. Mm-hmm. It, and also the fact that, I mean, we have to remember that, you know, Tuchel has only been there for a relatively short amount of time. Um, so there is still an aspect of like, as good as they are and as good as they've played and as great as a manager he is, they're still trying to kind of implement some things. Uh, they're still trying to kind of uh, get the, you know, what he wants them to be. Um, it's, you know, we know it takes time. We know it takes time, uh, even if you're doing pretty well. Because, I mean, we did pretty well as soon as Klopp got here. But, like, even when you're doing all right, like, it still takes time to really get to where a manager wants you to be. Um, and so I think that that will probably play a role in there as well. The 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 onus is on, you know, like that, is on uh, Chelsea to... Um, to try to prove that they are ready right now. And I just don't know if they're quite there. And this might be a thing where kind of later on it's they've tapered off some and next year's the year in which they are like a, straight up in the mix the entire time and really putting pressure on everyone else. Um, yeah, I could and, see it going that way. And people also forget uh, or maybe just aren't as aware because he hasn't really been in England that long, but Tuchel is an asshole and there will come a time where he and the club stop seeing eye to eye. Uh, it sure. doesn't always take that long, but that's coming. That's that's not going to go away. He didn't stop being weird. He didn't stop being prickly. It's just all sunshine and roses right now, but that's coming. When yep. that comes, it's not going to be fun for them, and I'm going to love it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. It's funny how that tends to work, you know? It's like uh, kind of reminds me of the fact that Jose Mourinho is still employed. Yeah. And you're Got like, sent off at the weekend and had to miss their match today. But it's just yep. typical Jose. Typical Jose. And that hap- and he gets hired somewhere and you're like, why are they hiring him again? Yeah. Okay. Here we are. You know, it's yeah, it's similar to that. You just kind of know that at some point something's probably gonna happen. Yeah. And maybe it won't be as big a deal with him as as it is with Jose. You know, who knows? But yeah. it is always kind of kind of comical. Um so yeah, it's I, I think it's I think what you said was was spot on and that it's you know, it, it'll come down to something happening um in the head to head. We just have to take care of the business outside of that. Yeah. You know, at the, at the end of the day, you you can't control what another team does. You know, you have to be able to take care of of your own business. And right now, I think that we've made it a point to to prove that we're we're capable of that. I mean, you have the the draw against uh, City, and of course, you had the whole Brentford thing. As soon as we got the, through those two, it very quickly went okay. We have to prove that like we are going to take care of business, and that the being able to get an even result against Chelsea and against City. Um, is is going to play a factor into things because we didn't lose to them, you know. Yeah. We didn't lose, and if they don't, if they uh, slip up at all, we will make them pay because we're going to smash Watford by five goals. You yeah. know, we're we're going to smash all of the uh, the lower mid table teams like Watford and Manchester United yeah. by five goals. You know, like we're going to do it. Um, you know, we're we're gonna yeah. So it, it's it's encouraging for sure. It's encouraging for sure. Uh, 
so along with all that, I, I think a, it's obvious that a major factor of those uh, those victories, that that success that we're enjoying right now, is the fact that we've had so much more. Um, well, we've had the return of all the players that we were hoping would be contributors last season. You know, we're having um, a chance to really see Diego Jota um, in a in a expanded role, and we've even seen. And actually, this is a total side note, but I love this fact. How about the fact that uh, that Jota playing well has like re-energized Bobby Firmino? Yeah, you know. Like the fact that they they know that that like Bob, I don't know if it's just Bobby knows hey there's actual rotation now so he can play more naturally and freely I don't know what it is but he's looking like vintage Bobby all of a sudden which is incredible how about how about Bobby yeah like it, it's crazy that you look back at the Watford match and he gets a hack He's not the player that everyone's talking about because Salah's playing so well, but he got a hat trick. That's not something yeah. that Bobby Firmino does all the time. And he was such no. a striker's hat trick too, which is something very rare to say about Bobby considering the way he plays, but he's just been so on it. Uh, and it's, it, it's just in addition to him being on it and like really kind of embracing the return, I guess you could say to like the way his role was always intended to be like him dropping into the midfield and really playing that false nine and like turning us into a diamond a lot of the time. Uh, he's yeah. just like, he's playing well. And like you said, Jotz is playing well. Like we have options. We can make a change at an away match at Old Trafford and not feel yeah. weird about it. Like it's yeah. just such a unique position. I know that doesn't necessarily apply to all, all of the thirds of the field. Like it, it, sure. it applies to two thirds of the field, but like it's, it's so refreshing and something that we've missed because we've just had every player on our team injured for so long. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing. We, we talked a lot about at the beginning of the season, how uh, kind of the, when we stopped and took a, a step back and thought through the, the transfer off season, you know, stress that we always go through of why are we not making any signings or kind of remembering, well, you know, this is the year that honestly <laughs> the joke of it's like, he's like a new signing. Yeah. Um, is actually kind of true because all the new signings last season barely played. Yeah. Um, so you get someone like Konate in who, you know, is is seeing significant playing time already. Um, and we've seen the importance of having cover for if something happens to Matip, Gomez, Van Dyke, you know, because the Matip and Gomez in particular will never be healthy ever yeah. again in their entire lives. Um, you know, you've seen the significance of that. And so you've seen it, that, that effect, that deal, uh, just being able to have either Diogo Jota or Bobby Firmino up there, um, they both are just, they're both taking advantage of that rotation. And that's so cool because that was an unexpected benefit, I think. Yeah. I, in fact, I remember distinctly myself saying, like wondering aloud on an earlier episode, whether um, having uh, Jota be the primary starter was like the plan. And now I'm like, toss him. Toss either one of them out there. Who cares? They're both doing great. I love them both. Right. Though. You know, so it's it's been fun. Now that being said, we've we've actually had. Uh, you made a joke when we were talking about what to talk about today about how the old trend of our corner, our center backs getting injured all the time, uh, has transferred to our midfielders getting in, injured all the time. Um, we have had you know a handful of those uh, injuries, and we're starting to actually have the the midfield depth 
to to kind of deal with it a little bit more. Um, uh, let's talk about the midfield just a little bit. What what's your assessment of how the midfield has done so far this year? Not just with like the injuries in mind, but also talking about um, putting a obviously not having Genie Wijnaldum, so putting uh, Nabi Keita in more uh, more opportunities. Uh, the the fact that James Milner just doesn't stop playing like I, ever like I don't know what's up with that. Um, he's he's immortal, I think. You know stuff like that. What's your assessment of the midfield so far? Because it was it was the area that I felt like we were the most not unconfident in, but uncertain about. Uh, they've been fantastic, apart from maybe like 115 minutes of this entire season. Like yeah. you look at the Brentford match, and you look at two thirds of the Atletico match, uh, and you those are the only times you were like, oh, this doesn't really look right, um, and maybe a little bit of the Norwich match, but I mean, they're so bad that even us yeah. looking a bit disjointed, like it still was fine. Uh, right. But like, even with the the rotation, the chopping, the changing we've had to do just because every time someone plays injured and someone else has to come in and then that person comes back and the person who took their place gets injured and it's just this vicious cycle. They've still been fantastic. It's a different look than we've been used to. And it's kind of what we needed to do. We're getting our midfielders more in more advanced positions. We're asking them to do more like penetrating at the defense, go at people, score goals, be in positions to actually follow up shots and be the kind of like late runner and score. It's not what we've traditionally seen from how we line up our midfield, but it, it adds so much. And it's like, it's something that I feel like we've talked about so much. Like if we just do this, we'll score a lot more goals and then yeah. we did it. And now we're beating teams like five, nothing all the time because they just, they don't really know how to cope. And it's just such a, a like all those people coming at you, all those people pressing you. It, it's so much to think about, but it's been fantastic. I mean, like you called out, Milner has been great. I know we talked about like, oh, he's getting older. We might have to phase him out a little bit. When he's been able to play, he's been fantastic. Him yeah. and Hendo and Navi were such a great three over these past few matches, and they've just really clicked so well. And it's a shame that two-thirds of that is now injured, of course. Uh, right. And, like, you almost forget that Tiago's been injured all season. And right. <laughs> like, we've barely seen him, and yet we're doing really well. And, like, when he comes back, he'll be, like, a new signing. But I, I, it's just yeah. – there's been so many standouts. There's been so many people stepping in and, like, doing exactly what they need to do. Even Curtis. Curtis looks so much more comfortable now. Like, he, he was t- he was having, having a laugh today. <laughs> like, just kind of yeah. screwing around with skill moves, looking the right stick everywhere just being really <laughs> confident. So like, I, I love to see how these people are playing and thank goodness Nabby's injury after that terrible tackle from Pogba isn't too serious. So yeah. hope to see him back soon. So we can have, we can have those options that we've been using so well this season. The between the, the, uh, the tackle from Pogba and Ronaldo just losing his mind. <laughs> On uh, on the ball as Curtis Jones had it in the ground, it just was, it was in- incredible. This is obviously totally off subject, but it was honestly like almost shocking the complete and utter lack of composure that United demonstrated. It really showed just how wrong things were going on that particular day. But like, if things are going bad in general. You you don't you still don't react like that you know like if if it's one or I mean I'm sorry if things are going bad on one specific day 
you still don't react like that. You know, you that's a that's a direct reaction to a whole lot more going on. Um, that is really humorous for yeah, us. Yeah, it's and so it, satisfying. It's so satisfying, and you don't want to feel like too like guilty for kind of for enjoying it. But at the same time, you know, I really want to enjoy this. Yeah. <laughs> I really want to. So, oh man! All right, I don't want to dwell on them much any you know anymore there. But uh, we'll talk. Let's talk about that match specifically, though. Um, and you know, it was maybe the most impressive team performance that we've had four years. I mean, I'm trying to think of a, of another time. I know we had, obviously the title winning season, you could pick, you know, throw a dart at the schedule and wherever it landed, most likely was going to rank up there. But, oh man, there's just something about, I think it was the, it was, it was a victory over city. I want to say that was like four years ago, maybe. Maybe five. I'm trying to remember. Um, I remember where I was keeping up with it, and that's what's making me think it was about five years ago. But I forget which season it was. But it was a, it was just an absolute drubbing. This though just doesn't even com- like nothing compares to this one because it was so so clinical, yet also such strong individual performances, yet also such an entertaining complete implosion from the op- opponent. Like there was so much going on to it, um, or with it. I mean, what? What were we doing well, first and foremost? Like, obviously, I feel like there was a lot that built up to this performance over the last several weeks. But what about this match in particular, Alex, that you look at and you're like, well, yeah, this is, this is, you know, why we came out and destroyed them. Was there anything you think? I, I We must have told the squad that we were playing against Porto and it looked like we were playing against Porto because this is the kind of, re- this is kind of performance of result that happens only when we play against them. Right. Uh, so that must have been the, the pregame talk. Uh, to, weirdly, like for the first half of the first half, we didn't actually overall play that well as a yeah. cohesive unit. We were giving the ball away a lot and they had a lot of like almost chances if they just weren't so bad that they probably could have taken advantage of. Uh, but what we were doing to really put them under pressure was just just that we were putting them under yeah. pressure of the back. Like we had such strong pressing that they didn't really know what to do besides boot it. And they lined up in their weird kind of like four, two, four formation. Mm-hmm. And when they have two mids and one of them is Fred and the other is McTominay, like they're screwed. It's not going to work yeah. out for them. We were just taking advantage of that numerical superiority and going at them. And they didn't really know how to cover it. And our movement was clever our ball movement was clever and our players were playing smart and taking advantage of the opportunities. Uh, and like anytime we saw any hint of a mistake, we took advantage of it. And that's what we need to do. We need to be that ruthless. And when teams are going to roll over like that, like we have to take advantage of it. And we did. And nothing could have helped us more than an early goal. Like we got oh, yeah. the, the manner that it happened too was just so perfect. Like yeah. it, they, it was a big occasion they were already probably kind of rattled because they're just a mess internally. And yep. the way that goal unfolded and the way we were so easily able to take advantage of it was just like, it just showed like, this is going to get bad. Like you knew yes. from that moment. Yeah. Even before the match, people had kind of talked about like, Oh, well, they kind of squeaked by their first half performance against Atalanta was really bad. 
and there was like this this could get ugly, but it's also Liverpool versus United, so it's probably gonna be a terrible match. But right. when we scored that goal, you just kind of felt everyone in the stadium, the fans, their team, our team, go like, ooh, this is about to be a thing, isn't it? And <laughs> it, it became a thing like very quickly because we just punished them and punished them over and over again. It very quickly, it's like, ooh, this they're not gonna have a good time yeah. today. They're <laughs> yeah. just not gonna have a good time today. Yeah, it. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, it's hard to say if there was like something to like really pinpoint outside of just. I mean, under our our understanding that they were wounded, and so we pounced. Um, you know, it was the right time to do so. I, I think that that speaks tons to the the confidence, obviously, that we carry, but also this. It almost goes beyond confidence. Uh, you know, it's it's almost like bravado of yeah. like, you are not going to compete with us this season. Like, you're just not. Like, we we are fighting for a title and you're not. And, you know, we see it every so often. It's been one of those things that, you know, we tend to, um, outside of the title winning season, we have not always come out with this whole like, this is who we are and we are fighting for a title this year. Um, just like performance and approach to performances definitely did it against, you know, them. It go back to like the Watford match as well, being one of those of just like, we're just here cause we have to, and we're going <laughs> to get our three points and go home. Uh, it almost felt like that. And it, it may, it just makes me excited about the rest of the season. Cause it almost is reminiscent of the title winning season a couple of years ago of just like, we know going into the weekend, sit back, get your popcorn ready. Uh, here comes, here comes uh, just a, a masterful performance. You can count on that more so than you feel nervous about what a, what is about to happen. Yeah, because I think we all felt nervous before the the match against United. You know, I think we're all texting about it, like, all right, kind of nervy. And then I, now that that's behind us, I think we realize we really don't have to feel nervous even against like Chelsea or City I don't think we would have to feel nervous it's just kind of like okay let's see what happens in this one you know not nervy at all which is a it's a it's a great place to be because it reminds me more of two years ago than one year ago yeah and anytime we can not feel like we were feeling one year ago I'm I'm happy for that. that yep that feeling gets the gold star it does. That's the goal. <laughs> Not reliving last season always gets the gold star. Um, okay, I do want to talk about, uh, let's talk about the, we've been focusing mostly on the Premier League so far. We have had, um, obviously, a, a positive result against Atletico Madrid um, in a pretty wild match. Um, pretty bonkers. I mean, how often do you see a player for an opposing team get two goals and a red card. I mean, like, what a what an exciting day it was. Uh, there also was a performance against Preston North End um, with whatever that sheep logo is of yeah. theirs uh, just earlier today as of this recording, in which we were able to get a, some uh, rotation in there. And uh, despite a lackluster performance, actually uh, came out with a victory. Let's talk about Champions League right now uh, before we talk about just all the competitions we're dealing with and what our approach should be. Champions League right now, how are you know, obviously a, a strong first three matches, winning all of them, positive goal differential, 
kind of firmly planting uh, our flag in the the group and saying this this is our group. Who's coming with us out of it? You know, is what it is. Uh, how are you feeling about the Champions League and our approach to it um, in light of also uh, what's going on in the season and those those kind of nagging uh, midfield injuries that we're kind of having to like, navigate? How are you feeling about the Champions League, though? I'm really confident we're going to win every match 3-2, to two, apart from the games <laughs> when we play Porto, which will win 5 nothing. Right. Uh, so every game will involve some variation of five goals, uh, and we'll end up winning. Uh, the whole thing that way. So yeah. it's going to be great. Now, I, I think every, like the results in the group are really going our way apart from our own, which is really helpful. Like we've, we've really taken a hold of the group um, yeah. and we passed probably the toughest test uh, away at Atletico Madrid uh, with, and we, it was rocky at times. It was not the most satisfying match to watch. And it was, peak Atletico with how yeah. they behaved. Do you expect right. nothing less? Uh, I, I just, I do like that. There's like a little bit of a rivalry or like yeah. tension forming between us. Yeah. It's, it's great. Uh, so long may that continue and really looking forward to welcoming them to a full Anfield uh, uh, again uh, with a no match question. that isn't taking place right as things are about to go horribly, horribly wrong for the world. So I think that'll, <laughs> much better for us but i i think we're in a great position i want to win the group you always want to win the group i think that will benefit us immensely and like we mentioned we have the current best player on form in the world and any yep. team is going to be scared to play us because of that and seeing how we have been performing week in week out in the league uh and in other competitions when we're starting children like anybody's going to be scared to play us no one's going to want to face us and it's going to take all of our other midfielders getting injured for that to stop, really. So I, I'm feeling great. Um, now I'm never going to rule out the possibility of every midfielder we have getting injured. <laughs> it's, you know, it, that, it's going to happen to anybody. It's going to happen to us. Yeah. Now that like you you floated that like purely comedic hypothetical out there, I'm genuinely afraid of it. So thank <laughs> you for that. It's like a brand new nightmare I never knew I needed in my life, but I've got it now and I just have to live with it. Um, <laughs> it there's so much, I don't know if there's anything I can distinctly add to what you're saying because, you know, you're right. Like right now we are, um, it, it's weirdly routine, both in the Premier League and in the Champions League, like the way we're going about business. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's proving that this is, that we were not a flash in the pan, that this was not a, a one-season wonder of a club, or I guess really two seasons, the Champions League victory, the Premier League victory the next year. You know, like we were not just, you know, uh, a, a good team for a couple of years and we've been figured out. I just wonder, though, if there is this... Well, obviously... You, everyone wants to win a, a double or a treble. You I mean obviously, but I wonder if that is like a like a specific goal that the team said. Okay, hey, look, we've won the Champions League in, in the recent years. We've won the Premier League in recent years. Let's go, you know, put our stamp on this year and say we're one of the greatest teams ever assembled, and we're going to win them both. Um, so it makes me wonder if that's like a legitimate, like tangible, like here's our goals for the season win it all, <laughs> win everything. Yeah. Ever. You know, like I wonder if that's part of it for like the motivation factor. 
I'm um, sure I'm sure it plays a part because I mean you look back at some teams that you would consider great and you look at their overall trophy halls and there's always that little bit of like what if or like yeah we finally remember this team but are they could have been so much more and I don't think anybody in this group wants to look back at this time and really say that unless they absolutely have to I mean no no team has ever really had to compete like we have, or I mean, the other teams in the the landscape of the sport. Um, so, like, it's a unique situation, and you wouldn't necessarily fault the team for only winning a Champions League, reaching yeah. one, another final, and winning elite one league. But I think this right. team wants more. I think they all expect more of themselves, and I think they know they can do it. So, I would agree that they probably set that kind of bar, even in a cup competition like the Carling Cup or not the Carling Cup, the Carabao right. Cup, where <laughs> they they. It's like let's actually win this thing. Let's. I, I know we've got a good crop of youngsters. We've got some fringe players that are still good and want playing time. Like we could make a run in this, and when it push comes to shove at the business end of it, we can start playing our more serious players. But let's yeah. try to win this thing. Yeah, I get the and I get the feeling like looking at um, not really being able to pay a huge amount of attention to the Preston North End match but kind of looking a little bit at the the lineup for it all of that obviously it was a hey let's make sure that we got our our reserves that we're going to count on um some good match time to make sure they stay sharp um make sure that uh you know divok has a reason to break out his back heel uh shot that he's been obviously practicing so much <laughs> <laughs> he's over the shoulder goal. back heel yeah Here's absurdity, yeah, because I'm sure he's just sitting around being like, uh, Coach, when are you going to let me in so I can pull yeah. out the o- over-the-shoulder back heel goal? I mean, um, so yeah, so in like in light of all that, <coughs> it seems as though uh, the approach was a little bit more of, yeah, we're like, we're not just going to throw the U18 team out there. Um, we're going we're gonna to try to keep our reserves fresh. Um, by giving them play time, making sure they're they're keeping in, in match fitness, and just yeah, see what happens. It doesn't. It's not at all like it was a few years ago, in which we kept accidentally advancing. Yeah. Um. You know, playing a bunch of like fifteen year old kids who accidentally win and keep moving on. Like it's not like that at all. This definitely does not seem like a. We're trying to just ignore this competition. It's whatever competition it is. We now, after years of working towards this goal, are built to compete in everything all at once when we were not necessarily in that situation a few years ago. And that's that's good. I mean, that's where everyone should be. <laughs> if you're yeah. a top team of the world, you should be there. Um, it's kind of kind of sad that it take took us this long to get there, but hey, we're here right now, so... Yeah, and I think the the way that the first team and the youth teams have kind of been integrated uh, as we've moved training facilities, I, I think that kind of has furthered that relationship even more. But you look at the youngsters that come in and they get the MO. They get how things are supposed to be doing. They know their role. They know how they fit into the team. And, and it really it, it doesn't make the performance – I mean, it wasn't perfect today for sure right. against Preston, but right. – the, the shell was there. You saw that they wanted to do what they understood what they were supposed to do. It's just they're 18 and they're playing what their third senior match for the club yeah. uh, against actual 
professional men and that's it's a bit different than playing kids your own age so it's understandable um but it was it was nice to see like you can see which midfielders will loan to blackburn next season like that that (laughs) path is already established you know it's going to be tyler morton uh so look, look out for him at blackburn next season as he thrives in their midfield so yeah lots of lots of positives to take i'm very curious to see who we draw and hopefully it's not someone dumb but city going out definitely helps don't really have to worry about that fixture coming up yeah for sure it, it's a uh, yeah i don't have anything else to add yeah, yeah i'm trying i'm trying to act like i'm you know what don't even, i'm not even gonna worry about it don't have anything anything else to add at all um the uh I, let's let's touch on one quick story before we start talking about the official <laughs> ynta derby that will be coming up this weekend one quick story that's coming along is um, a lot of reports coming out. There's always those rumors to follow, and there's always the the rumors always follow uh, Kylian Mbappe and Erling Holland, and that's it. You know, like everyone's like, somebody's gonna get him eventually, right? Like, if we just keep talking about it, and so you know when those names pop up, you don't have to pay attention to any rumors. But the rumors are starting to really ramp up surrounding Calvin Phillips. And so when that name pops up, you're like, oh, well, that actually sounds like it could actually legitimately happen. So rumors are abounding now that Calvin Phillips, who I thought was a, uh, um, uh, obviously we've, we know what he does with Leeds, but to see him with the English national team in the Euros, uh, I thought he was, you know, it's just, he's an impressive, impressive young player for sure. Um, the rumors coming up that uh, Liverpool, and United are trying to like you know battle each other for it, which I think is hilarious. The idea of United being like, okay, well let's go. If we buy one more player, <laughs> yeah, the solution to this is buying more people. Yeah, um, but uh, uh, but yeah. So Calvin Phillips, those rumors are picking up about whether Calvin Phillips um, will uh, is a legitimate target and whether that deal could possibly work out. What do you think about the possibility of him coming here? Um, because we, I think, don't think anyone's going to deny his talent, but do you think he fits? Do you think he fits the style? Do you think he fits the scheme? Do you think he'd be an addition, or is this kind of a weird rumor to you? Two things that I think probably hold this move back is, one, that Leeds will be reticent to lose part of their man bun contingent. Uh, of course. Or, so I, I think it'll that might drive the fee up because it'll be hard to find a replacement that has that similar haircut uh, because they already have everybody that has that haircut. But the yeah. other thing is that he costs money, and that is not really <laughs> something that we do as a club. So I, I don't know if this the journalists don't really understand how transfers work or how yeah. we deal with transfers in the sense that we don't we don't do that. That's not how we do things here. So that will probably hold it back, but. I think he'd be a fantastic fit. I mean, he's such a multifaceted midfielder. He can do it all. He could fill in for the Fabinho role. He could fill in further up the pitch. He's got great vision. He's tough in the tackle. He never gets tired. I don't think he's ever, like, walked in his life. He's only sprinted everywhere. So (laughs) I I think he would be a fantastic addition if we could get him for the right price. And I'm kind of curious to see what happens because we're talking about Chelsea's uh, dark night of the soul coming up now, but our dark night mm-hmm. of the soul will happen in January and February when Salah, Mane, and Keita are off at AFCON. Uh, yeah. And those are positions that 
Uh, right now, we're assuming that we'll fill with all the injured center mids for Nabi and then Origi and Minamino, who only seem to like we're only progressing in the Carabao Cup to keep them fresh for that one month stretch. Right. So, uh, <laughs> is that really how we're going to approach it, or will we actually spend some money? Do we even have any money? Uh, if we do spend money, will we still have that fun chant that we have now? The Reds have got no money, but we'll still win the league. Like I, yeah. I'm willing to not spend money just to keep that around. That has been a revelation well, if, this season. So if we spend money, then we doubly don't have any money left. Yeah, you know, that's like true. That, so it's like, will that actually help? Will it mean that we're now in debt, but we'll still win the league? Who knows? Yeah, so I, I'm curious to see. I mean, there's I mean, there's been links as well to Kareem Adeyemi from Red Bull Salzburg, who would be someone who could fill in for Mo and Mane while they're gone. But, you know, we're a club that is future planning, and if we're going to buy them, we're going to keep them for years and years. Mm -hmm. uh, is that something we're willing to do? Is that something our squad can accommodate after they get back? I'm assuming that Nabby will be catastrophically injured having gone away for AFCON because right. Guinea just, they like to beat the crap out of him when he goes yeah. there. They don't ever actually like to play him. Uh, so we'll see. But yeah, if it's a real possibility, if we can spend money, let's let's do it. He's a great player. And would, I think he could fit in our system more than most. He strikes me as a little bit of, um, a, a little bit like, well, he's like the halfway point between a Nabby and an Ox in terms of play style to me. And I could be just totally wrong in that assessment, but I kind of feel like he doesn't really like, he likes to uh, press forward while dribbling, but not quite in the same way that Nabby likes to do it. But he also likes to play kind of a high intensity, um, you know, type of like, high rush, like physical, like attack with like long shots and stuff like Ox will, but like in different way. I don't know. He's, he's an interesting guy because I feel like he would be a great, a great fit if either of those players or if both of those players left, he'd be the guy. Okay, well <laughs> let's go get him now because he'll fill both those roles almost. So he's, he's, he's very interesting to me. Very interesting player to me. But yeah, like you said, we we still we don't have money. Yeah, <laughs> we got if we have any money, we have is going towards the uh, going in the piggy bank for the Mosala retention fund. Yeah, you know, I'm surprised there hasn't been a GoFundMe already I, set up by FSG just for that. I I am as well because it would get funded immediately. So oh yeah, <laughs> if we need to FSG, please do that. If we need to keep him, <laughs> if we I mean you got two. You got two uh, uh, contributors right here. Yeah, you got two on this pod. Yeah, as we speak. All right, let's focus ahead just a little bit um, in the YNTA Derby. The, that name, of course, coming from the fact that me and fellow YNTA uh, co-founder Zach Osborne years ago had a trip to the UK that involved going to a Liverpool match. The match got rescheduled, so we, on a whim, caught the train from London down to Brighton and had an entire day down on the coast, uh, just like, you know, eating fish and pounding beers and just enjoying chatting with just the residents of Brighton about what life was like there in that weird little city. This is right after Brighton, I think, had just like won League Two like a year or so before then. So they were just up in the championship. So well before they became Premier League team and we just 
we fell in love with them, started supporting them then. So it's all it's long been uh, the side team. It's been weird having them in the Premier League for several seasons now because it's like really kind of missed the the wonder and the fun of having a championship team to pull yeah. for, you know? Like kind of missed that. Having two yeah. Premier League teams to try to support, that's just not the same. But Yeah, and then know. in true FOMO fashion, when I went to Anfield to watch Liverpool play, this was the match that I saw. It was Liverpool versus yeah. Brighton. So they, that that weird there's another link to it right there. We have we have a very weird Yeah, just a weird uh Brighton connection on the podcast. Brighton, of course, starting the season off quite well, um, but uh, the recent form kind of falling off just a little bit. Lots of draws. The one loss, uh, obviously, to Man City, but a lot of teams are going to lose in that way to Man City. Uh, But Brighton right now still hanging on to a fifth-place spot. A lot of that because, uh, you know, Brighton has... Finally kind of started to uh, prove um, that, like, they do actually want to move the ball forward yeah. and at least <laughs> attempt to score. Yeah, yeah. It's this crazy – I think that concept just now got to them after several years. Um, but they're trying to make, you know, make the most – make that happen more nowadays. Um, and it's starting to work a little bit more. You can see that after several years of being right above the relegation zone, like Grand Potter's finally really getting them into like the spot that he's wanted them to be at and they're performing well. Uh, chances are obviously that they will uh, likely not be competing for a Champions League spot at the end of the season, uh, you would think, but definitely a lot more confident in them landing in a mid-table spot as opposed to fighting to avoid relegation. So it's encouraging for Seagulls fans for sure because they got a fun little core there. They're, they're a lot of fun to watch um, a lot of times, especially because like you never know when or where um, they're going to put uh, Dan Byrne. Yeah. Um, and he just he's like, is Dan Byrne a – a striker now? Who knows? <laughs> sure, you know, he just they just throw him out there and let him run around. It's hilarious. But Brighton right now, uh, not playing as well as they had to start the season. Obviously, Liverpool doing very well. Um, I mean, what what do we need to look for in this match that could pro- pose a problem? Knowing, of course, that when we met last season, earlier this calendar year, it was a, an awkward match to say the least. What, what, what do you expect to see here? Or what do we need to be prepared to see here, Alex? We need to look out for the first minute. Uh, if Leo <laughs> Trossard gets injured and needs treatment, that's the sign that they're going to win. Every yeah. time I've watched them this season, he's Trossard's been injured in minute one, needed treatment, and then come back and played really well, and they've won. Uh, the time that they lost to City, he did not get injured in the first minute, and they got their faces stomped so that's what we really need to make sure just don't touch him for the first minute just let yeah. him go fine uh yeah. but I, I, well I, and i want to say this i'm not necessarily a huge i've never really been a big fan of his work uh his comedic stylings just not really for me but i gotta say that this character of leandro trossard is probably pete davidson's most <laughs> impressive character i am really impressed with his commitment to to it because it looks like he's going to play the full season in this in this role, and I think that's really impressive. So anyway, yeah, he, go ahead. He even earned an Adidas sponsorship, so fair play <laughs> to him for getting method like that. But yeah, I think what will benefit us is it's <laughs> likely, I think, still just given the nature of 
what kept him out of the team before that Yves Basuma will not be in. And mm-hmm. he really transforms their midfield when they play their, I, I'm assuming they'll probably play their kind of like three, four, one, two formation yeah. against us with wing backs. Cause when you have Mark Cucurella and his flowing hair, uh, you let him play the entire left side of the field by himself. Uh, but like he, Basuma covers so much ground. He is like when we were just talking about when United had two in midfield and against three, uh, he enables the two to compete with a three because he's able to cover so much ground and win balls and start attacks with his passing. And just yeah. given how his situation unfolded, he might not start. And it's such a different look when it's Lalana and Motor in the midfield. So or yeah. even Lalana and Gross. Uh, I mean, I know they all have the same haircut, but it's still a different. They they are different <laughs> enough players, and none of them are really defensive that it, it will leave space for us. But Apart from that, like we'll have to be wary of the width. Uh, luckily, our fullbacks are fantastic. It'll be our best midfielders against their best midfielders with the, the wingbacks going at each other. So that should be interesting. Um, and I think the, the other I, I don't ha- foresee any issues with Virgil and whoever plays with him against Malpai and Trossard, but mm-hmm. Malpai is going to try to start some stuff, and I, I don't yeah. think it'll – go very well against us. Like if you look back at when Ronaldo kicked Jones and Virgil and Konate came over and we're just, it was, it was like (laughs) the thing when you see a bully, like put their hand on the kid's head and they're like swinging their arms, trying to hit them. Like that's what it looks like. And that was what it will look like for anybody that tries to play against us. So I I don't anticipate Uh, any problem. They're, they're a solid team, but I think they will not have the kind of control that, allows them to win matches against us because we're just so much better than everyone else they've played this season apart from maybe City. Yeah, exactly. And and we see what City did to them. Yeah. Um, you know, that that was a match that was what, four one and honestly could have been twelve. Seven. Yeah, one. <laughs> yeah. You know, exactly. You you went straight up double digits. All right, respect to you on that, you know, but it it could have been so, so much bigger for them. So it was not a uh yeah. Uh, it, it was not as ugly as it could have been. So yeah, it's not really one to necessarily worry about, but there is always that that slight worry of okay, is this going to be one of those matches um, where uh, where we slip up something like that? But you don't seem to foresee that happening. No, I, I, I anticipate this being a match where we take care of business. It should be fun. It should be nice to watch, uh, but I, I think we'll take care of business against them. Yeah, I think you're right um, as well. I don't feel too worried about that. Uh, I would feel confident giving this a uh, 4-0 scoreline prediction. How about you? You got a prediction? 5-0. That's the only way we win matches anymore. It's like the 13-14 when, when the season started with like 12-1-0 Sturridge goal victories. This is now yep. the season of 5 nils. This is it. <laughs> All right, on the on the tail end of that also, or on the back end of that, uh, coming up next Wednesday, November 3rd. Wow, that is kind of weird to think that yeah. next Wednesday is November 3rd. What <laughs> happened to us? Um, is the uh, the second matchup between us and Atletico Madrid. Um, it's nice to be able to go ahead and get that second one out of the way immediately after the first one, I think. Um, but do you uh, foresee this being another 3-2 victory? <laughs> yes, 
that's the only way we know how to win in the Champions League, so that's what will happen. It'll be nice that they won't have Griezmann to play, um, mm-hmm. but, I mean, the the bad news is that Joao Felix is finding form, even if Atleti are not, and it'll be like, we got to watch out for him and Carrasco. Those are the two mm-hmm. that will transform the way they play, uh, and those will be the danger men that will hint, like their match will hinge on them. Our match will obviously hinge on all of our amazing players, so... Yep. It'll it'll be a, the most comfortable three two victory we've ever had. <laughs> hey, that goes a long way. I'll take that. Yeah. I'll absolutely take that. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't. I'm gonna be bold and not predict three two. Um, what is I'm wrong gonna, with you? I, you know, I'm crazy like that. I'm trying to buck all the trends. I'm gonna be bold and predict that it's like two one. Yeah, I know. I know. What? Wild. Wild. How do you mute someone else? Uh, I'll do it myself. Here, I'll mute myself, and you just go ahead and wrap up the episode. I'm done. So, yeah, that's it. Uh, Joseph has laid down his terrible trash opinion prediction uh, by not predicting a 3-2 victory in the Champions League. Clearly, he doesn't understand the sport or our team at all. Uh, But let us know what you think at YNTA Podcast. I know it's been a while since we've put out an episode. So we'd love to hear from all of you. Thank you for your patience, uh, especially you, you lovely Norwegian people who have waited for so long for this episode uh, because you're, what, seven hours ahead of us? So that's like a, an extra long time to wait. I think so there's seven you. days ahead of us, actually. <laughs> I think it's that big of a time difference, oddly enough. <laughs> yeah, it's that one section of Europe that's seven <laughs> days ahead of us. It's a week ahead. They're already playing the Liverpool Atletico <laughs> match over there. We're just going to, they're going to know it before we do. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm going to say to my credit, I've never once claimed to actually understand uh, anything about this sport. So, you know, two more is what I'm sticking with. Touche. All right. Well, of course, we want to, uh, to dedicate this episode to our friend Andrew Ainsworth, wherever he is right now. Who, probably who his house. Is- Actually having some distress because he played eFootball, the free-to-play Konami game that we brought up earlier, and sent us some images of what the Liverpool team looks like. Uh, and like I'd seen them before because Barca have been using the graphics and the player graphics for their Ooh. lineup announcements for some stupid well, reason. Well, that's what's wrong with yeah, Barca that's, that's this year. In the club. For, why did they? Yeah, forget getting rid of of, of Koeman, Koeman. That's obviously not been the problem. Yeah, like I think the most popular comment on their lineup post has been like, "I don't know who this is." Like you can't tell, <laughs> you can't tell which player they're trying to use. Oh my goodness! Oh, it's so bad. It almost—I honestly kind of want to play it myself now, just to experience it. I sent the pictures to my my younger brother, and he replied back and said, "Was Konami trying to make a zombies version?" <laughs> of a football game because if so they succeeded I love it alright that will wrap things up thank you Alex for jumping in here and uh, totally carrying every conversation because I am clueless hey you're welcome looking forward to the next 5-0-3-2 week that we've got <laughs> as per tradition this has been You'll Never Talk Alone we'll see you next time uh, to discuss a collective 10 goals scored. (laughs) We'll see you next time.